You're listening to KDNK. Support for Geek Speak on KDK comes from Louis the Computer Guy, providing PC and Mac repair, networking support, tutoring, and web, web design. Secure, informed, and connected. 970-948-7992. I'm your host, Matt McBrayer from Roaring Fork Help Desk in studio with Louis the Computer Guy. How's it going, Matt? Let me give you some pixies. Let's try that one. How's it going, Matt? There it is. Yeah. Sweet. Let me crank this up. Oh, yeah. Lots of Louis in there. All right. <laughs> well, it's August already. I can't believe it. The back to school rush is just around the corner. That's, I've, I'm already on it. Getting, Are you getting the school? Well, that's right. You you work for a school, so so yeah, we're getting. I just get the, all the random college students, like you know, the night before they're about to leave, and it's fix like, my computer. My Wi-Fi's conked out. And how am I gonna? How am I gonna get my degree? <laughs> I think it's good that the uh, colleges have their own tech support. Yeah, it's actually students fixing your fixing students fixing students, and uh, but it's good, you know. That's it's a good thing to have. It is so less phone calls to mom and dad. So, what do you yeah. think? You think this cage the cage fight's going to happen? I don't know. I think it might just be a publicity stunt at this point. You think? I don't know. We'll see. They both have big enough egos that they might work out. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, um, there has been a... Uh, how long has it been going on now, the, the back and forth about it? Well, six, like four, at least four, six months. Yeah, least, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, yeah, February, March. That sounds about right. Yeah. So what we're anticipating here is a, uh, a steel cage death match between Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. And... Uh, I guess, uh, what is it, Elon says he's training throughout the day for, for the fight. <laughs> and the date, August 26th, has been floated, I guess. Oh. And, um, but uh, somebody humorously said in response, they said, do you think it's going to happen? And they said, uh, they used the phrase, funding secured. Have you, are you familiar with that? So that means that the location and everything has the funding required, has the... Well, that's basically a send-up on something that Elon said when the first um, idea of him buying Twitter was floated in 2018. His first comment was, funding secured. And, <laughs> and that deal never happened. So. <laughs> it just happened, what, yeah. would that be f- six years later? <laughs> yeah. well, four? I, I think he had to put together a whole new deal because uh, I, don't think they, I don't think they liked it. The F the FC or the um, sorry FTC didn't like it, um, so. But um, yeah, it's uh, and I I also came across an article saying that um, the the general consensus is that the uh, Facebook um, based Threads or actually Meta, <coughs> the Meta based Threads app, which is now the, the like the new competitor to Twitter, um, that people don't really like it. But um, people are, I guess, um, uh, flooding back onto it um, because uh, uh, I guess part of them don't like the new the new name of Twitter. So I know it is. It looks suspiciously like the X dot org logo. It does. It really does. Yeah. Um, But you know, I mean, Elon's taking X under his wing. You know, he's got yeah. SpaceX. And Did you see the uh, abomination? No. Uh, they, so Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, they put a big giant X that was very bright. Okay. On the top of it, and I, uh-huh. I 
I only got a chance to read like the first paragraph of the article, but uh-huh. basically it was insinuated that they did not have the proper permitting ah. to put the X on top of the Twitter place. Got it. But okay. it was obnoxiously bright from the videos I saw. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the, the sign codes these days, you got to be, I mean, <laughs> you got to go through a process to get the, to put up new signage like that. So. You're listening to Geek Speak on KDNK, 970-963-2976. Yeah, give us a call if you got uh if you got a tech bugaboo going on and you've already tried turning it off and back on again a couple times. Yeah, a couple times, yeah. yeah. So and uh let's see what else is popping out here in the news. Uh you got anything on your I was no news feed there, Matt? I would say my news feed's all like down in the weeds. It's stuff like uh how uh Let's see, where, where was it? Does that oh. mean like super nerdy? Yeah, so like okay. how Red Hat's license change is reinvigorating enterprise Linux distros. <laughs> that is down in the weeds. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, because yeah. uh, uh, Big Blue bought Red Hat and and they are slowly changing some of the way the game is played at, with your Red Hat enterprise Linux. Mm-hmm. And so people are looking at uh, OpenSUSE and and Ubuntu and other mm-hmm. uh, enterprise focused uh, just distributions, and I, th- I think a, two, a few other one, uh, what would be Alma and Rocky Linux have mm-hmm. uh, kind of taken up the ta- taken Red Hat to task. So yeah. it'll be interesting you to know, see. Red how Hat will always have a special place in my heart. It was my very first Linux, and uh, so actually, well, maybe no, it might have been Mandrake actually. Uh, I'm dating myself. Mandrake's right? still around. It's is still it? here. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Of course, so is Slack. I think I think pretty. I went pretty quickly. I went to Red Hat um, because you know, back in those days, you could you could buy. I used to go to uh, there was a, like a software store in the uh, Mesa Mall, and you could go buy a Linux distro for nineteen bucks. And, cool. Uh, yeah. So instead of because my very first one I downloaded. So it, it wasn't it wasn't Fedora. It was it or was it pre Fedora? So uh, actually, at that it point, was, it was called Fedora Core. It was pre-Fedora, okay. pre-Fedora Core. I think yeah. that came out in 2002. Because yeah. my first Linux installation, I downloaded all 26 floppies, um, and then I used a, a DOS utility called RawWrite to um, basically copy the from the uh, the little disk images over to floppy disks. Uh, and the only problem is floppy disks are notoriously unreliable. And um, I, about, I think I got halfway through my installation, you know, disk 19 uh, came up corrupted. And uh, so basically, and since you're on the computer that you downloaded them on, you got to stop and you got to switch back over to your DOS environment and you got to re-download the images and or re-download, re-download, 19. That, re-download that image and then re-burn that CD and then reboot back into the Linux environment and try again yeah. so anyway it was um but needless to say i came away with a uh a, an unforgettable experience you know out of that so so um kind of bouncing back to x uh elon musk says he will pay your legal bills if you're treated unfairly for something you posted on twitter now x so why can't it just be tr- Twitter X? That sounds like another pro- another promise that's just never going to see the light of day. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, let's... yeah, we'll see how that one goes. Yep. So I guess you can launder money 
uh, through Bitcoin. Did you know that? Yes. How do you do that? Not that I, not that I would do it or anything, but I mean, what's the what's the basic idea here? Just just so people know, I'm guessing that you take you take your ill-gotten gains, you dump it into Bitcoin. Okay. So and so I can so you you find somebody who has Bitcoin who's willing to trade you Bitcoin for something of cash value. Okay. Or something of monetary value, I should say. Right. It doesn't necessarily it. have to be cash, but it could be cash. Okay. Got so you it. dump it into the Bitcoin, and then you do the same thing, and you say, I now have Bitcoins I would like to trade for USD. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, and theoretically, you can't, without the first, with the, without the blockchain key, it sh- you shouldn't be able to figure out what has gone where. Okay. So theoretically, it's anonymous as long as you don't have the key. Okay. And the keys should be stored with whoever started the Bitcoin chain. Got it. Okay. Oh, boy. I don't know if I'm going to completely understand all of the Bitcoin stuff. You know, the blockchain's just a it's just an assemblage of encrypted, you know, information, right? Or it's just an well, so encryption key. I mean, it's, it's, well, you start with a you start with your your keychain key or your mm-hmm. key, your blockchain key. And so actually there's been a uh, there's been at least one that I know of where the blockchain key was lost. Okay. And I think it was 350 million dollars in monetary value. Okay. Went bye-bye. All right. Lesson learned. So for make some, sure you keep the key somebody. Make sure you have the key stored in triplicate uh-huh. somewhere. Got it. Maybe on the disks that I have that I'm offering to my clients. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but anyway, um, and so, where are we going? We're basically, you're explaining just the, like, so, what the technology of the okay. blockchain is. Okay. And I'm not going to get into the, the mining part of it. I'm just, this yeah, yeah. is, is going to be the, the just, so, like, I want to use blockchain to build a accounting software. Okay. So, this can be kind of around that. All right. So, you have your original encryption key. You have need to make sure that that's stored somewhere very safe. And then you have these blocks of time where your transactions happen. Okay. And so you have a, a list of transactions that happen, and then there's another point in time, and those are all calculated together, uh, hashed together. The original encryption key is used to create the block, and so then that becomes an immutable fact of what of those transactions that have happened. Okay. So there's Got no it. easy way uh, to modify those transactions at this point. Okay. Without having to rebuild so and then that goes on through time let's say it happens every hour so you have 24 of these blocks every day and so on the idea is is if you do something monday Mm -hmm. and you need to go change if you wanted to go change it there's no way for you to go back and say i'm going to change this transaction because you'd have to start with the encryption key and know all of the transactions that have happened in between, yeah. Okay. All, all the transactions that have ever happened, so you can rebuild the thing. So, the so if you went back and changed something, the hash would be different, and then the hash for the hash for the next block would be different. So there's no way to change the chain. Kind of a cascading effect, um, right? So yeah, there's no, okay. so there's no yeah. way to once the the block that point in time has passed and that and that hash has been calculated. There's no way to go back and and edit this without catastrophic uh, uh-huh. uh, calculation errors Got for it. the system. So the system will okay. just, if it gets changed, it will not work any longer. That's the whole point is that uh-huh. you have this chain of events that have happened and, the, that it, and that record is unchangeable 
And in this case, it's also encrypted, so you can, mm-hmm. can't necessarily see what yeah. transactions have happened during that point in time. So there's no way to like really like dissemble the blockchain. Uh, like like you were saying, you, there's no way to identify the transactions uh, in the blockchain. You can't go back and like reverse, like you can't back that information out. Yeah. You can't and, disassemble the, the hashes. Well, with the key, you should be able, with, if you have the yeah. original key, you should be able to run through the blockchain Okay, and, and, and see all those things. Got it. So but, they make like a, is there like a piece of software that you use to do that, that where you can enter the, the original key and then enter the enter the blockchain and i'd have it'll, to it'll sort it out and tell you like a, i'd have to look like and, 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 and it may yeah. and depending on how the software is written those transactions may be gone forever uh-huh. it may the the hashes may be all that you have so they may there may be it may be irreversible okay as well it just got depends it. on how you design the mm-hmm. the system got it i'm just a history buff you know so i just would like to go back through and yeah see, and you could i want to know where my bitcoin has been yeah, no. and there was some, <laughs> and I read an article a couple years ago about how it may be that you, you can kind of tell where they've gone, kind of based on some of the hashes that are, uh huh, and 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 there's some wallet information I think. Yeah. So there may be some pieces of information that are kind of tied to a, a Bitcoin, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that. Uh, I, like I said, I haven't read that article in several years, so I'd have to go look again. Got but, it. So there may be some information tied to a, a particular Bitcoin, yeah. but that may not be the case. I'd have to go in again, and maybe how it's the, the system is designed. Yeah. So do you know anybody that's gotten rich uh, on Bitcoin at this point? Not that I can think of. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I know some people have done well on, on certain stocks. Uh-huh. Got it. So. There was a period of time there. There must have been a really good... Um, well, uh, a really good infomercial on uh, late night TV or something. Well, I think it went from what was it like a? Th- I think it was going for it went from a thousand dollars of Bitcoin to thirty thousand, thirty thousand of Bitcoin yeah. in yeah. a relatively short period of time because uh-huh. of that interest. Yeah, and so I there was a, a you know what was that three four or five months where uh-huh. that was you know people were hopping on the on the on the Bitcoin train as it were yeah on the wagon yeah. yeah. And uh, but then it crashed. And how how low did it go after it crashed? I'd, you know? I'd have to go go back and look. Yeah, I remember it. I think it lost like two thirds of its value or something like that. that. Yeah, that wouldn't uh, surprise me because I think we have a common acquaintance who had a fairly large amount and hung on to it <laughs> and felt the full effects of the crash. Um, you know, well, as long as you're hanging well, but now it's back up at well, I think it's gone down a little bit, but it's been kind of floating at fifty, sixty thousand, if I recall. Okay, yeah, let me go All look. Right. Got it. So. So those who bought their Bitcoin for a thousand bucks, doing okay, right? Or you see the old, or you see the old uh, uh, advertisements for like coffee shops that were taking it when it was. They're like, oh, we'll trade you one Bitcoin for a, a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if they're sitting there going, oh, I'm glad we hang on, hung on to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So nine seven zero nine six three two nine seven six. You're listening to so. Geek Speak, and uh, to. Uh, channel the spirit of uh one of our past hosts steve skinner i'm going to say they don't call it geek speak for nothing yeah um so it looks so. like it's uh, uh 29 okay and let's see here over the past year it's up 25 26 percent over the last five years it is up twenty two thousand seven hundred and fifty six percent i am so tempted to check mine and see where it's at right now yeah it's probably up I mean, uh-huh. I'm probably up to like forty bucks. Yeah, it looks like the 
peak during that time was about $64,000 in uh, late 2021. Got it. And it did it. And there's a pretty good peak. And I think that was the first year. It became very popular during COVID, right? Everybody's just sitting around trading trading Bitcoin in their pajamas. Yeah. So it looks like it's so like 2019, it was a $3,500-ish thing, and then it kind of built up. I bet that was the first kind of run. Okay. Or maybe it was, yeah, because uh, I think that was pre-COVID. Yeah. When I when people were very interested in it. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Geek Speak on KDNK, 970-963-2976. Call in with your questions. Yeah, we still got a few minutes, and uh, otherwise you're going to be sentenced to just listening to Matt and I dribble on about... Yeah, Bitcoin. Really nerdy stuff. Yes. So, and have you heard anything about uh, Ethereum going from uh, proof of work to proof of stake? No, I have not. Okay. Yeah. So, and what does that mean? Uh, um, so, right now, Bitcoin is proof of work, which is one of the reasons it uses uh, about as much power as the city of London to okay. run all those co- to so to to manage that ledger mm-hmm. uh, that we talked about earlier you need computational power to calculate all those hashes and put it into the block in the blockchain. Okay. Um, and so right now, uh, and I'm not sure if it's just Bitcoin or if it's, if those include other, uh, coins that are now available. Okay. Uh, but basically, uh, cryptocurrency operations use the same amount of power as the city of London. Wow. So, um, mind blowing. And so the early ones use Mm -hmm. what's called proof of proof of work and that's how you mine. And so Ethereum was working on proof, going to proof of stake, which Mm -hmm. is about computationally about 90% more efficient. We got a call coming in. You're on with geeks. Hey geeks. Um, I've been noticing this, uh, notification on my desktop iMac. Okay. It's like McAfee just keeps popping up saying that people are downloading files people are i got all these viruses and it's you know i don't think i do it's just some kind of weird uh yeah have you uh have you completely rebooted the computer like done a full cold reboot since this started i have not okay like uh what would that be a full I mean, cold just reboot? go up to the go up to the apple menu and go to shutdown and uh, you know, just let it shut down all the way, and you know, wait ten seconds and power it back on. It, usually, what? Uh, what you're describing is what we call drive-by malware, and mm-hmm. uh, and it it only lives resident in the computer's memory. And as soon as you re- shut the computer down, the memory gets completely drained. And uh, once you start it back up, the drive-by malware is gone. So, gotcha. Well, yeah. I know I've shut it all the way down. A couple times, and it still, I still get this. But um, still doing is it, it something that maybe I can go in and shut off with in my cookies? Well, you, well, I guess you. The first thing I would check is if the, if there's a resident uh, program running on the computer. Uh, go into System Preferences, go to Users, and then go to log. Uh, go to your user, and then go to Login Items, and see if there's a login item that's you know McAfee something or other. And it's probably not actually McAfee, but. Yeah, it's probably a drive-by malware masquerading as McAfee, just so you know. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, that would be the first place I would go yeah. and see if it, if it has added an item to your login items, because that will keep it from starting up in the first place. Yeah. Um, gotcha. And they're, it, they're it, just trying to get me to click on it, right? So that exactly. I site, yeah, whatever. exactly. It's, yes. it's, all, it's all fake. And um, yeah. so uh, – and then um, depending on how much luck you have with what Matt just described – 
Uh, if you go to malwarebytes.org, that's M-A-L-W-A-R-E-B-Y-T-E-S.org, and download their free um, malware removal program. Uh, that'll yeah, and I have that. I actually used that once before for some okay. other reason. I can't yeah. remember yeah, so what it was. Go ahead and fire that up, update the uh, definitions on it, and, and run it, and it'll probably, you know, probably find a handful of stuff because a lot of this stuff kind of travels in a, a herd, as yeah. it were. So, you know, yeah, so, so probably something where, like, Safari or Chrome has kind of been taken over a little bit. and Yeah. Yeah. So. And I'm using using both of those browsers, so. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So it could be a plug-in in one of those, but yeah. uh, Malwarebytes should get it, be able to get in there and find it if it is if that is what's going on. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the Sweet, call. Man. Thanks, yeah, you guys. Welcome. Love your show. Thanks a lot. Have I a great one. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, we actually helped somebody. Yeah, that felt good. good. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Geek Speak on KDNK. We have a few more minutes, 970-963-2976. So, what else is going on? So, well, you know, um, one of the articles I was kind of, one of the, some of the show prep that I was getting ready to start on when we ran out of time before the show um, was, um, and we can kind of just scratch the surface on it. I, I ran across an article that says uh, how to spot fake reviews online and um you know i thought i'd put it on people's uh a lot of people don't realize uh the concept of a click farm you know what a click farm is? oh yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah so a a click farm um for those of you who don't know is uh, like if you were to walk into a click farm you would first thing you'd be confronted with is a really large wall that was completely covered with smartphones and um and then there's a guy who basically is like uh, probably has a stepladder on wheels, and because the, these things are like all the way up to the ceiling, uh, like the wall is completely covered with smartphones, probably the cheapest smartphones you can possibly find, and they basically go through and um, like YouTube videos, for instance, or you name it. I mean, they they post likes, they post reviews, um, they and so you can just basically hire somebody if you you know have a YouTube video you want to get. Yeah, you basically want to get it up to a couple million clicks. Um, you can hire one of these click farms, and they, within a short order, a couple days, will deliver um, a million plus clicks um, to you. And um, so, all of a sudden, you just became a YouTube influencer <laughs> by paying a click as, farm, as they say. So, uh, so, you know, I guess one thing uh, to be aware of is that uh, number of clicks on something doesn't really necessarily mean anything. Yep. Um, and uh, and you're, if you're going and looking at reviews on things, yep. um, look for real generic names um, or, or mis- see more mis- misspelled names like, uh, you know, uh, Don Johnson is spelled J-H-O-N-S-O-N. <laughs> so, um, so there's that. And uh, so that was that was one thing that a lot of people don't uh, aren't realize uh, they don't realize that um, yeah number of clicks really not yeah or yeah or number or reviews and yeah go and read the reviews and see what the because I mm-hmm. was looking for a, a product years ago and I was kind of I was suspicious because mm-hmm. of what it was and what yeah. it, where it was and it, I you go through all the review sites and uh-huh. all the reviews are very similar yeah. Even like three or four pages into Google or like, more, like copy and paste. You know? Nearly, co- yeah, nearly yeah, copy, nearly and, copy paste. and paste. Exactly, and uh, and you know a lot of times the uh, not that reviews from people overseas aren't valid, but um, 
when they're posing to be American users um, because they found that products that appeal to Americans uh, reviews written by what seem to be American users are the most influential to possible American buyers. Um, you'll notice uh, poorly constructed sentences, uh, punctuation problems, things like that um, as kind of a dead giveaway. Of course, that now we have uh, like chat GPT and uh, uh, what's the other one? I, the one I've been using uh, is uh, Grammarly Go. Okay. Grammar. So you I'll, can, I'll check that one out. So, but yeah, basically, right. you can just say, uh-huh. write a write a letter about you know write just like write a review about. Okay. You know, uh, my, uh, my write a. Can you uh, say write a review about uh, Joy Liquid Dish Soap in the style of the Rolling Stones, for instance? Shall we try it? <laughs> we can do that. I have it on this my phone. Be, <laughs> be a little tight on. This time. is one way to get people to tune in next next time around. <laughs> The music's about to come on. Um, All right. We'll speak again. All right. Write a review of Joy Liquid Dishwashing Soap in the style of the Rolling Stones. All right. It's thinking about it. Okay. It says phoning Mick Jagger. Is it phoning Mick Jagger? Joy Liquid Dishwashing Soap has got the Rolling Stones feeling like they can't get no satisfaction within another brand. (laughs) This powerful soap cuts through grease like Mick Jagger cuts through the stage, leaving dishes sparkling clean. It's a gas, gas, gas to use. And the scent is so fresh, it'll make you start me up all over again. (laughs) So there's AI generated. We're not done. Oh, (laughs) Don't be a fool to cry and settle for less. Get Joy Liquid Dishwashing Soap today and start living like a rock star. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm really glad the music's on because there's not much more you can say <laughs> after that. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, that, that's my new favorite thing in the world. Can you screenshot that and send it to I'll me? send it to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right, we'll be back on the 21st of, of August. Yes, we will. So in the meantime, uh, do not touch their knob. Stick around for all things considered. Thanks for listening to Geek Speak.